Welcome back to Nurse Wellbeing Mission Podcast, everybody. So a question that I had always asked myself when I was doing my clinical psychology training was, when is it appropriate to reflect on or share your own experiences of mental ill health with colleagues and with service users or patients or clients? So the question of self-disclosure and when that might be helpful Well, of course, many nurses experience mental ill health as well. It's very common in the current climate following COVID and with all of the workforce issues that are present. And particularly in mental health nursing, many people arrive in the profession having had their own experiences of mental ill health or their own challenges because there is something about having had those experiences that often draws people to want to help other people myself included, even though I'm not a nurse, I'm still someone who works in healthcare, who was brought to the field of mental health partially because of my own experiences of mental ill health myself and with my family. Well, in today's episode of the podcast, I have a really insightful and thought-provoking conversation with Jane Fisher. Jane is a lecturer in mental health nursing, and she's also a service user. She's someone who has experienced her own severe mental ill health and she has accessed mental health services a number of times as a result of this. And Jane recently wrote a really incredible article, discussed some of the issues that she has faced with respect to navigating her own identity with respect to being a service user or patient or being a nurse and which parts of herself she felt comfortable or safe to disclose in different contexts with different people. So in this episode, we talk about Jane's experience and she gives some guidance or some areas for us to consider around how we treat people, how we treat service users, how we treat nurses who come into the profession with their own mental ill health, and some ideas on ways in which we can conceptualize the positive aspects of that and also some of the negative or challenging aspects of that. In this conversation, Jane also talks about her own use of self-disclosure with the work she does with her students and how that can be a helpful exercise, but also just a few things you might want to consider when you use self-disclosure and how you do it. So let's dive into this conversation with Jane Fisher. Yeah, I mean, I put in those questions, like something I was really interested to know a little bit more about is just your role. Like, what what are you most interested in at the moment with your teaching and other responsibilities and and kind of what, what gets you motivated at the moment? Gets me motivated. That's a that's a good question. I'm a mental health nurse lecturer. Um, so I spend a lot of time uh, with uh, pre-registration uh, nursing students. Uh, which I absolutely love. Um, I think that's one of the best parts of my job uh, is supporting uh, students on their own journeys to becoming a mental health nurse. As I live with my own personal experience um, of mental illness, 
again, I'm really passionate about trying to remove some of that stigma, particularly attached to mental health nurses, our mental health professionals who have their own uh, personal lived experience of mental illness. And I like to encourage students who may also have their own mental health challenges that it doesn't necessarily uh, need to stop them uh, becoming an amazing uh, mental health nurse. So I'm I'm definitely passionate about that. And yeah. Well, and what's your experience of of those pre-reg mental health nurses in terms of, I mean, obviously, you don't know everything about everyone who you're supporting or, or teaching or educating, but could you share a little bit about your experience about the perhaps prevalence that you've seen or, or what you know from the literature maybe about um, students coming onto that programme in general and having their pre-existing mental ill health? Mm, I think we're definitely seeing it a lot more now that students are motivated to become a mental health nurse because of their own personal experience um, of being under services living with a mental illness um, that's a real special motivation that people have they need to be supported uh, with that um, it's challenging uh, being a mental health professional uh, with a mental illness it's incredibly challenging to spend three years learning about mental health challenges um, and mental health nursing when you can relate that to some of your own experiences and that can be you know I, I find that a challenge uh, sometimes as well so that can be uh, quite a challenge um, for students. I think identity is challenging as well. I've had over the last kind of seven eight years I've been on a real journey in terms of my identity as a both a mental health nurse but also a mental health service user um, and there's been you know, lots of many challenges along the way. And it's been a real difficult and uncomfortable journey at times. Uh, so I'd like to think that I can, you know, help others with that identity, um, those identity challenges. I was a community mental health nurse on maternity leave, and then I developed quite severe perinatal mental health challenges. Pretty much went from a, um, a nurse on maternity leave to a mental health patient uh, virtually overnight. So that was quite traumatic. Uh, it was quite a dramatic change, um, quite traumatic, like I said. But the start of a real complex journey with many, many complex layers um, to it. I think those, you know, those ideas of nurse and patient, you know, traditionally uh, were quite, quite different, quite binary, quite opposites, uh, especially in the kind of aftermath of the, you know, the medical model being so, uh, so dominant in mental health, mental health services. Nurses are viewed as the experts, uh, perhaps viewed as, as, you know, beyond distress, beyond illness. Um, and then we have mental health service users uh, who have a mental illness and need and need our support. And then, you know, there's there's often a, a them and us mentality, uh, if you're familiar with that term. Um, so that's, you know, the nurses are separate. Um, and then we have our mental health um, service users. So a transition from being a nurse to then becoming a service user, it can be quite a radical role reversal, uh, which can be challenging. Uh, when I access services as a mental health service user, less so now, but still to a certain degree, I do feel relatively um, powerless. You know, I comply, for want of a better word, uh, with treatments and appointments and, and medications, sometimes out of fear, 
Um, we don't want to be labelled as non-compliant, don't want to be labelled as a, a difficult patient. You know, there's definitely that power imbalance between nurses and service users. Reflecting back on my practice when I was a nurse, I didn't realise the true kind of impact of that power um, imbalance. I probably quite naively, you know, thought I was, you know, did my best to, you know, empower my service users and listen to them and take their views into account. You know, realising that, you know, even with that good nursing care, that power imbalance is really apparent. I think there's also issues around, you know, kind of um, challenging those, that nurse-patient um, divide. You know, we know that the title of a registered mental health nurse doesn't make us immune um, to mental health uh, challenges. But when we have one of our colleagues who has a severe and enduring mental illness, the idea is it, it's challenged. And how have you found that experience with colleagues, Jane? In terms of perceptions, because it's this has happened over the past seven years. You've talked about your journey. Mm. Have you noticed differences in how you feel you're perceived by colleagues and any of those relationships over that time? I'd like to think that the stigma is getting less. Mm. Uh, I really would like to think that. I think when I first went back to work after becoming unwell, uh, I definitely experienced um, some stigma or maybe not stigma, but maybe just shock that perhaps I was, you know, talk, openly talking um, that I'd been unwell whilst I'd, whilst I'd been off work. I'd like to think that that's improved. Um, and I do think that has got better or maybe I've got more confident in in talking about my own experiences where I'm, you know, less bothered by other people's perceptions. But I definitely think, you know, there is still stigma attached to a mental health nurse needing to be under mental health services um, or having a, a mental health condition, if that answers that question. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's there's something about putting people on a bit of a pedestal isn't there with in healthcare you know you you do all this training to become this identity obviously I come from a background as a psychologist and I had this similar kind of experience where you're at university and you're everyone is trying to be something and you're it's like you're becoming something and there are even though on the one hand you are learning about and trying to empower people with mental health and destigmatize things in some sense you're armoring up and and it doesn't feel okay to actually acknowledge how you're really feeling or, or what's going on for you because you're meant to be the, there's this expert role that you mentioned right yeah yeah and that's a challenge because you know if, if you feel that you can't merge those two identities as you know nurse and service user then it creates that internal conflict uh, because you never feel like you can truly be yourself um, or, or be authentic. Yeah. Um, you know, so when I've sometimes when I've accessed services, I've been reluctant to disclose the fact that I'm a mental health nurse, you know, and, and I've received um, some reactions along the lines of, oh, well, you know better than me or, oh, well, I don't need to tell you you know, X, Y, and Z. That was very difficult um, for me personally um, because I just wanted, wanted to be, I didn't want to be treated like a nurse. I just want to be treated like a mental health um, service user. Uh, mm. For a long time, I didn't have any insight into my illness and the fact that I wasn't well. You know, 
I couldn't have felt further away from the nurse that I was, you know, six months ago. Uh, you know, I was in a completely, completely different state. That was quite difficult, you know, whereas I was kind of expected to be able to, you know, almost treat myself or, you know, be my own community um, mental health nurse. Um, and I was in, you know, absolutely zero position to be able to do that. So and that's another challenge uh, is when mental health nurses are providing care to other mental health nurses. They might feel intimidated. They might feel someone said to me, oh, kind of no pressure on me then to do this assessment. Um, like I was, you know, analysing their assessment skills of me when at the time I was, you know, incredibly low in mood um, and really paranoid. Um, so I had absolutely zero capacity uh, to be thinking about their, their assessment skills. Um, so there is a risk um, that basics are missed. There's a risk that um, if you are treating another mental health professional, uh, there's a risk that you assume that, okay, they, they know what's going on. They're going to tell me if things get worse. Uh, you know, they know how to keep themselves safe. They know the importance of medication. Um, and a lot of those basics can be uh, can be missed um, and have quite, you know, quite um, tragic outcomes uh, sometimes as well. That's another issue as well for, you know, mental health nurses who are treating other nurses. But like I was saying about that, you know, that identity, if I was going to mental health services feeling like I wanted to hide the fact that I was a nurse, then again, I can't be authentic. And there's that internal um, struggle, that internal, you know, battle. Uh, what do I say? What do I not say? Are they going to find out I'm a nurse? It's just ridiculous. Um, so you never feel like you can truly be, um, be yourself if those different identities are so seismically um, different. I've also kind of, you know, reflected on and, and wrote um, around kind of the concept of, um, you know, different identities that nurses with mental illness can adopt. Uh, so we've got the nurse and the patient, those kind of really archetypal um, concepts. Um, but then also there's concepts of a wounded healer um, or an impaired um, professional. Uh, so the wounded healer comes from kind of Greek mythology. Um, and again, it's that archetypal idea um, of kind of healing and power uh, that comes from, you know, you know, struggles and, you know, personal um, brokenness and woundedness. And then that's used um, as a positive to kind of um, transform that pain um, and, and to heal others. But again, that concept is nice in some ways, but still quite limited. Um, again, there's that judgment to be made of when is somebody well enough to be able to use their struggles to you know to help um, to help other people and again there's that stigma in the workplace uh, which again just compounds that secrecy uh, shame and that self-stigma and then there's the option of the impaired professional uh, which is probably even worse <laughs> you know as an impaired professional um, a nurse with their own personal experience of mental illness is almost seen as a as a liability um, or a risk to patients or mm. someone that's going to go off sick or someone that's going to be um, unreliable um, or someone who's maybe negatively drawing on their own experiences and that's having an adverse effect um, on, on therapeutic relationships with, uh, with service users. Um, 
you know so I think that's impaired professional it is you know that that's an identity that you know but we don't want the wounded healer where we're this you know magical kind of healing abilities and that kind of romanticizes our own struggles and our own pain you know there's nothing idyllic and romanticized about living with severe and enduring uh, mental illness uh, so that kind of nurse, patient, wounded healer, impaired professional, you know, they're all, you know, really challenging identities um, to to navigate. Yeah, I, I'd heard the term wounded healer before. Uh, I, actually, I actually hadn't heard the, the impaired professional one. And it's interesting, I kind of considered the appropriateness of that for myself, you know, and challenges that I've been through. And as you were just describing, in one sense, that felt like it resonated with me you know okay yeah I've had my own challenges and I help other people but as you were kind of alluding to there I've sort of considered myself like how helpful it is to to just like embody that as I am the wounded healer like there are some some aspects of it which I don't think are particularly helpful yeah yeah and again it's it's romanticized and I yeah. do- and you know there's nothing idyllic about suffering from mental illness it couldn't be further you know from uh, from the reality of it I think as well there's you know having my own mental illness or you know other mental health nurses who've got previous experience personal experience it doesn't make you a better nurse than somebody without that experience uh, it makes you a different nurse but we're all different people and we all bring our own different you know backgrounds personalities you know histories experiences to you know to who we are um, as people um, you know it's definitely not a prerequisite for being a nurse that you've lived with your own mental health challenges you know I, I, I do believe it doesn't make somebody a better nurse uh, just makes them a, a different um, a different nurse i think that's that's important yeah there's no perfect set of characteristics or previous experience that makes well there there just there is no perfect nurse is there (laughs) there's no perfect nurse there's no perfect human being and it's um Mm -hmm. yeah like you said diversity of experience makes everyone different and everyone brings something their own strengths and um, things to the table don't they yeah yeah and then there's Shall I go on to more identity challenges? Because yeah, yeah, I'd love to hear that's more. Not enough. This, yeah. There's a few more layers as go well. For it. Um, so again, and this is you know this is only my experience of one particular um or incident, um, but also that that stigma um about being a, a mental health nurse with a mental illness. You know, that's not always limited to the staff room or the staff office. So I've had experiences where I felt stigmatised by other service users. Um, And again, this was just my own, you know, experience. And I think it was that same internal battle, a kind of peer support, you know, dropping um, type type setting. And again, it was that battle. Do I tell these other service users that I am also um, a nurse um, or also a lecturer? And some points when I uh, when I have, I've also then experienced um, some a shift um, some stigma um, as well, you know, which. I can understand to a certain degree, but mental health professionals, you know, we, we also struggle to fully embrace the service user or the, you know, the mental health patient um, identity. You know, how can I be 
as a nurse with a mental illness, how can I be fully accepted by psychiatric survivor movement? You know, when I've spent the best part of 20 years being part of the problem, for want of a better word, um, you know, can I truly be a, a psychiatric survivor, uh, as a lot of people call themselves, uh, when I educate the workforce, you know, that are almost, you know, um, compounding um, this issue, um, you know, or part of that problem why, with why people identify as a um, psychiatric survivor. Um, you know, so again, that those identity challenges, you know, are there, you know, within those settings as well. Um, I'll ask a question about that, Jane. Yeah. It sounds like, you know, you're asking that that question, can I be part of the psychiatric survivor? I mean, what is your current thinking or feeling around that? Does it, it almost sounds like a rhetorical question, but I don't know, is, is where are you sitting with that at the moment? I think I've, it's definitely a journey and, I, and I'm not there by any mm. means. But for me, it's about authenticity um, and kind of attempting the best way I can to embrace, you know, all these different aspects of me, um, mm. you know, which, you know, could be said for, you know, for anybody really, you know, and, and trying to, you know, embrace that authenticity. Uh, you know, I am a mental health nurse. I am a mental health lecturer. Uh, I'm incredibly proud of being a mental health nurse. I tried to do a different job uh, for a time, but I couldn't do it. I'm, I'm just, I'm a nurse through and through. Uh, so went back um, to nursing, you know, so I am a nurse and I'm proud of being a mental health nurse. You know, I am a mental health lecturer um, and I love my job um, and I want to educate uh, and empower students to be the best possible mental health nurses that they can be within a very difficult and broken system um, mm. but they can you know have, do and have an amazing impact on people's lives um, and I am a mental health service user I live you know with a severe and enduring mental illness um, you know I remain under mental health um, services um, and I'm also a psychiatric survivor um, because I've had really different experience, really difficult experiences of care. You know, I know firsthand how broken the system is um, and how, you know, desperately hard, you know, individual nurses are, you know, working within that system. You know, I support my students um, who are um, particularly my apprenticeship students who are in the workforce and in incredibly um, stressful and difficult uh, mental health um, services you know so I, I know how difficult it is for the nurses but I also know how difficult it is as a service user you know there's elements of the wounded healer there's elements of you know a psychiatric um, survivor and for me it's about if I try and hide one of those aspects of me then there's a lot of internal unsettledness <laughs> for want of a uh, for want of a better word and if you can't be fully um, authentic, um, then, you know, that creates shame and it creates fear and it creates um, secrecy. Mm -hmm. When there's those distinct separate identities where we think we have to pick one, then everything in between is removed. And that hides the real us um, on, and the authentic um, us. And the authentic me is a nurse lecturer um, and a mental health patient, um, you know, and I try my best to embrace, you know, all aspects, um, you know, of that. Because ultimately, you know, 
none of those things define me. I am me with all of those things and many, many other things, um, you know, and, and I, I'm enough, you know, as, as me with all those different aspects to me. It's really interesting, the link between that need for authenticity and I guess need for acceptance. Mm. You know, it sounds like there's a real tension there with... I mean, we all have that need for acceptance, don't we? But I guess it, it does manifest in different roles and different spheres of our life, doesn't it? There's a general need for acceptance, but perhaps, you know, as a parent, you might have a need for acceptance or as a mental health nurse, you need a need for acceptance or as a service user, a need for acceptance. And you, you're being put in these different situations where there's that conflict where to be authentic might jeopardise the acceptance. Yeah, yeah. And we all want to be accepted as well, don't we? um you know that's part of you know part part of who we are as as humans um but i do think when we if we're looking for evidence that we don't belong and that we're not accepted then we'll probably always find find it as well you know and i think yeah like you say it's it's about that you know um personal acceptance and being prepared you know i'm i'm you know more than prepared now to stand you know in that what feels like a huge gap between where nurse ends and where patient um begins you know but it's you know it's that kind of self acceptance um you know to embrace you know all aspects of ourselves as as one you know complete uh, complete person but it is hard to you know to do that and stand in that you know that that gap which is another reason why I do you know speak um about my own personal experiences um so i've got encourage other people to stand to stand with me you know in that kind of authenticity and kind of you know embracing you know who who we are as people i um i really enjoy your you know the way you talk about self-disclosure and, and its use and um it was great reading your article that actually pointed me in the direction of another framework around self-disclosure, which I hadn't come across, which I think is Brendan Dunlop's um, yeah. work. But yeah, taking a, a look at that and that looks really helpful. Uh, I'm not expecting you to to talk about that paper. It's not your own research, but could you just share a little bit about your own tips and experience on how you use that self-disclosure with students and maybe like some things that people maybe want to consider or even avoid <laughs> when they're when they're attempting self-disclosure for sort of therapeutic benefit with people they're yeah. working with. Um and I think it's important to point out that when I talk about my own personal experiences, that I'm doing that within a relatively safe environment of university. Um, and everything that comes with that it's the nurses that are in that BAM5 role um, you know them navigating um, disclosure uh, you know is is far more complex um, you know and, and difficult than you know me and my relatively safe environment um, of disclosure but it should always be for the service users benefit or the, or the students benefit uh, rather than you know the person's benefit um, so if I'm bringing in aspects of my own experience in teaching, then it's always because that's relevant to whatever we're talking about at that time. Um, and I feel like it's going to be relevant for the for the students, um, for the students learning um, and their well-being. Um, my personal experience of mental illness impacts who I am as a nurse and a lecturer. Um, and it would do that whether I ever spoke publicly about it or not. 
Um, so I think it's important, you know, that students and nurses, you know, there's no pressure to talk to anybody about it if you don't want to, you know, or there's no, you know, there's no pressure to talk to service users about it if you don't want to, or staff if you don't want to, or just a couple of staff or whatever's comfortable, um, because that personal experience, you know, will impact someone's practice, you know, whether they publicly talk about it or not. And I think that's really important, um, you know, for students and nurses um, to kind of reflect on, um, you know, and think that, you know, what they've been through is still going to be doing some good and is still going to be impacting who they are as a nurse, whether they ever tell and talk publicly um, about it. If they do, it should be in the benefit of the service user or the member of the staff or um, or, or the student. Um, but it does take a lot of kind of emotional intelligence, um, you know, and a bit of trial and error along the mm. way. Um, you know, I think support and supervision is is really um, vital for nurses with their own lived experience um, and a safe place where they can talk about how their practice is impacting on themselves um, or anything that's, you know, reminding them of themselves or, you know, anything like that. Uh, you know, they really need a safe place to be able to um, to be able to explore that. I don't think nurses with their own lived experience or students uh, need more support than another nurse. Um, but I think they definitely need a different type, uh, a different type of support, uh, which I think definitely needs a lot of work um, in, in practice. That kind of neatly leads on to probably, the, I guess, the final area that I'd love to just talk to you about is with respect to mental health nurse education. What do you see from your perspective as being some of the gaps or things that might be missing from mental health nurse curricula and what what would you like to see be included or or indeed taken away from from that education um i think there is a risk in uk um nurse education um that there's a, um, a move towards a more generic um education or a more um generic nurse um, and definitely those core mental health nursing skills um, definitely need more investment um, and more time um, given to. And those being recognised by uh, the NMC um, as well. Um, there's a risk that we're producing nurses who are very much task focused, um, you know, but mental health nurses, they need those, you know, advanced interpersonal skills. Uh, you know, they need to have the skills and the confidence and the ability to simply be with someone in distress um, and sit with someone in distress and have that human to human um, connection. Um, again, it was only when I became a mental health patient that I truly realize the value um you know of being with someone um you know and, and just sitting there with them um in that distress to someone looking on it might not seem that there's much going on um you know but there's a lot there's you know many many you know complex um you know interpersonal you know skills that are um that are being used to enable someone to feel heard um to feel safe um to feel accepted um to feel hope um for the future uh you know these are all all complex skills that you know mental health uh, mental health nurses uh need yeah that uh, that interpersonal element is just crucial isn't it i think it's some of these basics there is complexity to the basics if you know, you know what i mean yeah. yeah and it was really um 
really helpful to hear your perspective on I guess what you needed in those moments when you became a service user mm. compassion and acceptance and being heard and understood I imagine yeah um, and the the mental health nurses that did provide that you know etched in my memory and will be you know forever but also on the flip side you know experiences more negative experiences of feeling kind of dismissed um or silenced or or not listened to or not taken seriously you know those moments are also kind of equally as etched in my memories sadly um you know so the you know the impact of of a mental health nurse is you know it's profound and I want to encourage you know student nurse nurses and mental health nurses to realize that they can have that you know incredibly positive powerful um impact and often that's not completed by or that's not achieved by you know doing a task you know filling out a you know an arbitrary um care plan um you know it's it's achieved by that human to human connection um and that ability to kind of be with someone in distress. Jane, I want to thank you so much for sharing what you shared with me today. And like I said to you before, it was a real pleasure reading your articles in the show notes to this episode. We'll put a link to those for people to read. We didn't really specifically mention them, did we, in this conversation? But uh, <laughs> you, you wrote you wrote a fab article. I think, was it published this year, the Who Am I yeah. article? Yeah, early um, this year, yeah. Yeah, so that was a great article Jane wrote about all this identity stuff and your lived experience yeah. uh, and another great article which we haven't really touched on today maybe we can come back to that another time about resilience and uh the problematic nature of, of yeah. uh, trying to make nurses more resilient i'd love to talk more about that but um yeah perhaps we can have another conversation um, yeah definitely I think the the paper on identity was probably one of the most therapeutic papers that I've um that I've written and I know other nurses who have mental health challenges who have read that and have found it quite helpful uh so I would I would encourage any any nurse with with their own mental health uh challenges you know maybe have a read of that and you know see if it's helpful and I'm you know all for keeping in touch with people and not being the lone voice um you know in standing in that gap between nurse and patient uh you know so anybody with uh their own lived experience please feel free to uh to get in touch oh, thanks for that offer Jane well we'll put your contact details in the show notes as well so people can find that where to yeah where to track you down thank you so much for coming oh, thank you have a nice